Welcome back to the MMA Podcast. I'm your host, Josh, bringing you the in-depth analysis of your favorite music. Today, I think we have a pretty good episode. We'll be covering The Weeknd's uh, trilogy album. A little bit of background on the trilogy. It consists of three mixtapes, House of Balloons, Thursday, and Echoes of Silence, each for at least around 2011 or 2012-ish. Um, they were released individually at first, and then they were combined into an album later in 2012, um, right before the weekend debut album, Kissland. That was his first official album. Um, trilogy isn't necessarily an official album. It's just a compilation of the mixtapes. Uh, that being said, what are you guys' first impressions of the album itself? Man, I guess I'll go first. <laughs> um, honestly... This is not in my daily rotation. I'm gonna be real. Um, trilogy as a whole is, I feel like, very different from the majority of what the weekend has released um, after after trilogy. Um, I think he was really trying to find um, himself. I think this is kind of more like the weekend, and then like I feel like he's kind of evolved into the weekend that he saw that the world kind of wanted, along with who he is in a way because his music kind of like drastically shifted um after Kissland um and after this like it's he's not pop by any means but it got way more poppy like all of it he kind of just started releasing hits in my opinion like his whole like albums as a whole are just hits after hit after hit after hit and this trilogy is a lot of skips for me um personally just my opinion um I know Josh is probably like, I'm ending this friendship, but it's kind of a lot skips for me. Um, yeah, that that's my initial thoughts. All right, I'll jump in next. Because um, I think I agree with a lot of what Holden's saying, but I guess like how I enjoy it is different than how Holden enjoys it. So I, I enjoy The Weeknd's older stuff more than I enjoy the new stuff pretty much for the reasons Holden described. I feel like I lost the weekend in the music after 2012 because it became so glossy, so overproduced, so pop heavy, even though um, he, he's arguably not a pop artist. But in the, in the trilogy, especially in House of Balloons or Echoes of Silence and Thursday, um, which is the first mixtape I heard in 2011, I felt like as a listener, I really got to know who the weekend was um even though at that time we didn't we didn't see the weekend like he was he was actually like you didn't see his face for about a year um I really knew anything about him until around the trilogy so with with that early period it was like all we knew was was what was in the music and that for some reason felt eerily personal so those are my first impressions I really liked Thursday I really liked House of Balloons Echoes of Sounds is when he started to lose me and I'll stop there. I don't know, because at least like when it comes to trilogy, it stems into how I got introduced to The Weeknd, because I didn't get into him until like uh, Beauty Behind the Madness. And then my buddies were telling me, oh, no, he has like a whole bunch of mixtapes. So I'm like, OK, cool. And I checked those out. And at first, it kind of threw me for a loop because I'm like, this is not The Weeknd that I at the time knew of. This is completely different. And it made me kind of and I able to hold it. And Stanley was saying that you get to a point where you, you kind of like lost the weekend. And I can't really say that because I wasn't, I didn't start off with trilogy, but I can say that stylistically, I 
do appreciate trilogy a bit more, but I can see why um, the weekend had to transition from trilogy to the music he's making today. You know, I hate to hear that. I really do because I don't think there's only one song, one song of the entire album that I do not like. It's awful. Um, uh, Glass Table Girls. That is the worst song I've probably ever heard from. Them. Um, <laughs> but other than that, like there, there's there's not a single part that I just don't like. I understand where you're coming from, but um, I'm like a, a fucking fanatic for this dude, and uh, I. I, I definitely get where you're coming from, uh, especially with Echoes of Silence. It kind of dips off after there. That was actually one of the first tapes that I heard because I first heard The Weeknd on uh, Drake's Take Care. I was like, wait, let me go back and listen to this dude. Who is this dude? And I heard Echoes of Silence. And the second song, Montreal, that's probably one of my favorite songs of all time. That, that song signified to me like, oh, this dude's going to be a fucking hit one day. And then songs like Wicked Games, um, the first part of House of Balloons, uh thursday loft music um is giving a little bit ahead but live for with drake those are the type of songs that i saw like holy shit this dude's gonna be that dude one day i i get like uh mark said i get like if you didn't start off listening from uh like this tape it'll definitely surprise you if you go back and listen to the stylistic difference kissland is very similar to this kind of dark broody music he's produced but like after that beauty behind the manuscript like holden said it's, it's hit after hit after hit i'm not exactly sure what the trigger for that was but it like there's something it just clicked for him and it was game over for the rest of the game honestly especially with starboy coming out and he just completely changed like as a person uh with like the the haircut and um the branding with the cross and all that um that just introduced like a the pop superstar we know today. Um, I mean, I hate that you guys didn't like necessarily love it. That would that's just me. Um, what is favorite song or favorite tape? Either one. Favorite song, I think. Like, so the party and the after party has a big oh, yeah, for me. Yeah, because I, I was in college. 2012 was when I started college and that was when I really started digging into um, House of Balloons and that that song obviously you're partying a lot freshman year so just digging into that especially that second half which is kind of like you know the drawdown or the hangover that was a big moment and then on on Thursday I would say probably the burst part one is ridiculous um, and those are those are my top two from the, the trilogy right now. You know, I'm always tempted when I see Drake, gotta go oh, to yeah. the zone, yeah. but it's really not um, my favorite. Honestly, I feel like 28 is probably my favorite song on out of the entire trilogy. Um, and I don't really know why. It Honestly, it just felt like the weekend that I love more so. It was like like an inkling of like, who he was going to become in a way like it wasn't like just all like the super dark like low melancholy stuff like it actually had like an upbeat feel like it was just it just felt like more of the weekend i'm accustomed to listening to like in my everyday life and the weekend that i do love um i'm sorry, i don't love this weekend because this is where he started but i think yeah i'll stop there for now but 
Uh, interesting note on that song. That song was actually added after after this is all put together. That was a song that was added to the end of that tape. So it's not necessarily a weekend of that specific year. That was actually late, added later on. That one and Valerie were added until Dawn were added at the end of the collection of this one. That checks out. Uh, I think for me, I mean, there's somebody I could choose from, but number one, definitely Montreal. That's my favorite song. I could I could sing that word for word, but I'm not going. I'm not going to do that to you guys. Um, that and <laughs> do it for the pod. No. Really? <laughs> no, I, I can't do it. Um, that and the knowing and wicked games were probably my top three. I mean, I don't know. For me, like I guess off of every tape for House of Balloons, probably the title track slash Glass Table Girls. I just like how he's shaking his head. I just like how dark the song is, and it kind of like it captures the vibe of the concept of House of Balloons, like this really dark, drugged out party. And at least that's how I saw House of Balloons. Um, for Thursday, it'd probably be Rolling Stone. It's a really nice, I could be wrong, but I think that was the last track on Thursday. And it was kind of like, it felt kind of like, um, like sort of psychedelic in a sense. And then, uh, yeah. yeah. And Echoes of Silence, uh, probably the Dirty Diana. Just yeah. because it sounds, he sounds so much like Michael Jackson. And it, yeah. the first time I heard it, it threw me off. Yeah, I remember playing that song um, for a friend. His name is Trevor. We played it for him one time. And uh, he was like, is this Michael Jackson? Who is this all-brand Michael Jackson? And I was like, relax, relax. Oh, man. That was I, know my buddies, uh, okay. I know my buddies, uh, Kyle and Aaron. They're the ones that introduced me to The weekend, And they played me Dirty Diana. Like, I think one time we were, like, balling up or something. And I'm having an argument with them. I'm like this is michael jackson they're like no it's not i'm like yes it is they're like no you idiot it's not i'm like are you sh-? i'm like no i'm pulling this up right now <laughs> dirty day yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. first weekend song i ever heard actually yeah my friend introduced that to me in high school and i was and he was like this is better than the michael jackson version like he was pushing oh, okay. and i was ready to go All to right. war because I, <laughs> I love dirty diana the original and um and that album and yeah, it was it was a tense couple months once that. And that was I actually had like an adversarial relationship with the weekend because of that. And then I went to college <laughs> and I started bumping like House of Balloons and I was like, oh shit, this guy. He has the juice. Like this is fire. Um and obviously, yeah, take care is amazing and the stuff he did on that. I, I don't think he gets enough credit for that production on Take Care. You know, it, it kind of severed Drake and the Weekend's relationship. But I mean, we won't we don't we won't necessarily go there because that's a whole that's a whole different topic. Crumb trilogy. How has Weekend Style evolved, and do you think he makes albums or he approaches the same way he makes albums now as he did then? That's He's definitely gotten like way more popular. Like, um, I don't know, like his album making process. I think the way I see it is like when he was making trilogy he was living in toronto and thinking like parkdale or something not much uh in terms of technical capabilities versus now he's got like you know full-blown studios he's working with like acclaimed producers things like that um i would say that the weekend is trying to keep that i guess that sultry dark r&b sound that he started with but he's trying to meld it with pop I don't know if that makes sense, but that's like how I try to see this this new weekend, if you want to call it that. No, I 100% agree with that, Mark. Um, I, I think he's he's trying to make similar music, 
but he's at the same time also trying to appeal to this new base that he has. And it's grand. Like, I don't know how he would, as an artist, how do you manage that? Especially when he started off as such a local artist, as such an enigma type artist, as such an obscure sounding artist that you really don't recognize. Um, and he doesn't go by his own name, so you don't even know who he is. I'm curious to see, like, what was his thought process in from Kiss Land, the beauty behind the madness. Like if there's a documentary or an interview where he talks about that transition, because I think that's the key. My assumption is that when um, I can't, can't feel my face blew up, I think that was the, the light switch for him. I think he figured out, okay, I, I know what works. Let me just hit this nail on the head as many times as I can. And it could have backfired. We could have just called him, you know, a one trick pony, but He's one of the most successful pop artists that we've heard since in the past like five to seven years. So I give him credit for that. I, it was just music that I couldn't get into because it sounded so different. It lost kind of that murkiness. It lost that personal touch. His Even his falsetto lost his effectiveness because of the production was so much greater. Like the drums were bigger. All these synths were in, in the way, which is why my favorite Weekend Project post-trilogy is probably My Dear Melancholy. And I know that's probably a hot take for like Weekend fans, um, but not for Trilogy fans. And yeah, I think that's kind of how I see his music evolving since the Trilogy. I think it's hard to say because I, obviously I, I don't know the Weekend, so I don't know what he does, but I just looking at it and how it's shifted, I think Beauty Behind the Madness was like his perfect combination of who we know now as The Weeknd and who The Weeknd was. It has everything that you guys are saying that you love from Trilogy, honestly. Like if you listen to the music, it really does. But then it has like the pop elements that get all his stuff put on the radio if he wasn't like, I don't know, talking about fucking women all the time. But it would be on the radio all the time. But it... it it, it's, it's really that perfect combination. Like, that album is perfect to me. Like, it really is perfect. Um, and it's just a combination. And I think, I think that's where he really was like, okay, I can still be The weekend, but I can also be The weekend. I can be this massive global thing. Like, I think that's where it probably clicked in his head. And he was like, I think I can be the biggest thing since Michael Jackson, which he's kind of elevated to that status. Like, especially after the Super Bowl performance, like, I don't know. I've just people who I never thought would listen to the weekend that I just know in my personal life are, listen to the weekend now. I'm like, you don't even like the weekend. They're like, I do now. I'm like, okay, well, welcome to the dark side. Um, it, I mean, it's it's great over here. Um, but yeah, I, I just think he's kind of shifted into like he knows that he can make these hits, but he still kind of have he he has those roots still, and I think we saw it in After Hours because he's fully stepped away from it before that i mean fully i mean it's just not even close um but i think he's slowly kind of starting to work and so i'm really interested to see what comes after after hours because i think it might be leaking back towards like what you like um and all that stuff but i could be wrong i i would actually disagree with that if you heard his uh one of his latest songs take my breath that is more reminiscent of like a Starboy type of era with um like very like 70s 80s type of sense kind of music where it's gonna go he's gonna go full out pop star uh in it's kind of interesting like 
to conjecture like where he'll be like next year at this time because I, I I don't know if we'll see another album. I know he's working on some other stuff like a like a HBO TV show. But as far as like the name until like the the dawn is coming. And that 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 I feel like it signals back back to the trilogy again. But honestly I don't think he'll go that direction. I I do not think he'll do it because like if he takes over the airways one more time, like we have to talk about him being like one of the greatest stardists of all time. Because his reign has been since what two th- I would say like 2013, 14, and it's 2021 now. It's like seven, eight years. If he adds like two or three more years to his prime, like we're talking like elevated status, Michael Jackson, Prince, uh, Drake, those kind of artists. And that it's just hard to argue against that if he keeps doing the way he's going. As far as like the process, you can still see um I wouldn't say you can see elements from the trilogy. You can definitely see elements from his uh, first album, Kissland. He takes a lot of 80s samples and uh, likes to drizzle them throughout his music uh, a lot in Kissland. And we, we still see that kind of today. It, we saw it in After Hours, definitely. Starboy, not as much. A Starboy is a weird exception, I think. And that was just, I'm not, I'm not sure why. Starboy was like that, but I like how he got back to his roots with My Dear Melancholy. I'm he was sure I'm sure he was like fucking super depressed or some shit like that, but that, that's not for me to say. After Hours was definitely a weird, I wouldn't say weird, but a blending of all the styles we've seen. We've seen pop star, we've seen sultry R&B singer, and everywhere in between that, he combined all those elements into After Hours. It's hard to say where he'd go from there, though. I think he can go anywhere but more towards the pop like i think he just has to stay where he's at or don't like he can't go backward if he like it, it's kind of this question to me like i think he's gonna have to ask himself the question and it sucks that the music industry is like this does what's more important like it says rising and like keep having this expansive like reign of everything or does he want to lose a ton of fans and go back to like what made him the weekend and like what made people fall in love with him from from the beginning yeah he definitely runs into that trap that all like the mega superstars run into i and i'm thinking of drake right now because i feel like drake has the same problem but drake addressed it different than what abel did so i think what drake did was that he tried to i'm going to release an album every year and i'm going to give everybody everything that they want in different albums and i think what the weekend tried to do i think if this was like 2016, I would be saying something different because that we were at Starboy and it looked like he was only going to give us this pop stuff. But then he dropped Dear Melancholy and I'm like, okay, he could give us that murky. He even got some European producers on there, but it sounded like the old stuff. So I'm thinking, drop as a, as a trilogy guy, give me My Dear Melancholy 2 type music as an EP or a mixtape or whatever the heck he wants to call it during the interim to The Dawn is Coming, because we know that's coming. Um, and I, I know the title feels like it's going to be nostalgic, but yeah, the single, like um, Josh was saying, sounds very After Hours 2.0 um, with a disco tinge. So I think he could do both. Just give us that EP, make it five tracks, make it six tracks. It doesn't hurt him. It only helps him. Okay. Um... If you had to, if you got the choice, 
which style of the weekend would you want to see on this next project? Be honest, because um, it goes back. I think it goes back to the question of like you know, as far as like the, what you guys are talking about. The thing that I loved about After Hours the most was like the '80s, '90s synth wave, synth pop sound, like from the last half of the album. And if Take My Breath is any indication, that might be the what Until the Dawn is Coming will sound like. For me personally, I would love that. I think the weekend he's perfected this like old school retro sound. And if his new album is all that, I'm all in like 100%. Yeah. If we get an after hours, like 2.0, like vibe, I'm, I'm down. Honestly, if, if he goes full Starboy again, I love that album. Um, yeah, it's either a hit or miss. I feel like for a lot of weekend fans, but I, personally, I love that album. Um, so it, it, either way. Um, but, but also, yeah, I, I I don't really, I don't really care. I, I feel like I'll listen to whatever he puts out, like, and I'm gonna love it. Um, but yeah, I think he's just on this more, this '80s type, uh, old school, mixed with new school wave, and I think he can keep riding it because that, that's kind of like society as a whole. Like everyone started to dress like that again. Like it's just that's kind of the vibe of the, of the entire body right now of like pop culture, I guess. I, I think I would just tell him what I just said. Give us, give, give those fans. That, that five, six track EP, you did it with Melancholy. I know it didn't get like critical acclaim like his, some of his albums do, but I, I think the, that fan base heralds it in a, in a good light. And then just keep going. Give us, give, give them After Hours 2.0. It's working, why, why stop? Um, even though like for me, I'm not gonna listen to it probably that much. After Hours is probably my least listened to Weekend album. I'm actually I, I do like Starboy more than um, Beauty Behind the Madness for some reason. Um, it just it resonates. I think I like the Daft Punk stuff. Like I like that disco sound. Um, it didn't feel too unnecessarily grandiose. But if if you're gonna go, I'm all for just going big. But where do you go after the Super Bowl? Like what what what? What next steps, what next hills can he climb that he hasn't already climbed? Is it Grammys? Because I know he got mad about the Grammys. Is it, you can't do the Super Bowl again? Is it stadium tours? Is it a world tour? Does he want to break Ed Sheeran's record for tour growth? Like, where do you, where do you go? I, that's, that might be the next question. I don't know. Uh, he does actually have his tour coming up. It'll be the beginning of 2022. Um, I do have tickets for the show in Atlanta, so I'm very excited. Yeah. Got, it's been it's been postponed for two years now, and uh, yeah. I'm ready because he by then he may have already released some more music. I'm not sure, but um, the after hour tour, happens. yeah, the after hour tour is long, long overdue, long yeah, overdue. I feel like if things just went according to plan, there would be nobody else on the radio. Nobody else would be able to fucking play their songs on the radio within an hour block of the weekend there'd just be no chance no chance at all um because <clears throat> you see him touring like city city to city every day you know he may drop a teaser here and there but he's playing his songs over and over and you're going to keep hearing them over and over on youtube on the radio things of that nature and it's just he's just going to take over the airways if it, if had things had went according to plan um but the pandemic happened so like he just I don't I don't you can't plan around those kind of things, but I think we're lucky that they're not just 
and I think we're lucky he didn't get that takeover like I'm sure he wanted. So I was gonna say, um, because I live in Toronto and like we haven't had any live concerts for almost two years, and if this gets postponed one more time, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I'm just wasting my money at this point. Yeah, sell it on StubHub or something. It's funny. Oh, we're yeah. talking about I'm actually going to a J. Cole concert tonight. He's doing um, a show in Brooklyn. So I'm curious to see how that goes. And I'm excited. Oh, that's dope. Okay. Um, final thoughts or questions that you may have about the weekend, the trilogy project, or any of his projects? I guess to just wrap up my thoughts, since we did start this whole endeavor with the trilogy. Trilogy as a whole, for me, I think it works together um, with all the mixtapes put together, um, but also I kind of don't like it all put together. Um, it, I do like that kind of each one kind of has its own like small arc. Um, you really see it in House of Balloons. Um, it's very easy to see. And I really loved that. Even if I didn't like like every song that I was listening to, I just love hearing that arc and that like that story. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, is it something I listen to all the time? No, but I really do appreciate like the thought that went into each mixtape and the arcs that he was creating and the stories. Cause that's like, that's a really big thing to me is like the stories that an album can tell or a mixtape can tell through each song, even if each one isn't like top tier. Um, if they all like come together, um, synchronously, like that really pushes it for me. So I love like the work as a whole. It's a really cool um, piece, and I think it's really artistically well done. Um, it's just it's not in my my rotation in that way. It's not something I would daily listen to. I think I say that like it's not something I can just casually listen to. I feel like I have to listen to it to hear like the story that it's telling. That's fair. Um, a lot of artists, like especially like Kendrick Lamar and Good Kid, Mad City would like make music to hear the story like you don't listen to the art of peer pressure or uh charade like just on your daily playlist that one thing because those are essential parts of a, a storytelling album and it's, it's hard to pick those pieces out and throw them into your playlist and say here listen to this um, i also think it's worth noting with this album i actually listened to an interview he did he said for like in this time that he was just throwing out music just producing music just as many songs as he could and that may attribute to probably like the quality the quality to the songs that you see like why you don't like all the songs and going into Kissland, I think that's when he really started to sit down and say, hey, I'm going to produce this theme, this storyline, this arc, and this style and do it the way I want to do it. Um, but I think like with the trilogy, he was still trying to establish his uh, image because he didn't even have an image at that point. People had no idea who he was. He was releasing under, I think he was releasing under a different moniker at one point. Um, but when he released uh, the Noise EP, which came before this, we didn't know who that was. Literally no one knew who he was. And it's just one of those things where, oh, I got to establish my image. I got to go out there and throw as many songs as I can out there. I mean, it's just got to do what you got to do sometimes. Got to do what you got to do. I think The Weeknd is also a great name for an artist. I, I don't think he gets enough credit for that without the E. I know it was because of the, the, the Canadian band, but 
think that's a very distinct name. I kind of like, what does that mean? What's the weekend? Um, final thoughts. Yeah, I, I feel like I would have came off as a hater. I feel like I might still come off as a hater. Um, of the weekends, like it came out at a very special time for Toronto music and for R&B especially. And um, the work that he did to, to really elevate that sound, I think goes largely underappreciated. And I'm glad that he is largely appreciated now. I just wish he was for it. And uh, with that being said, though, um, I love my dear Melancholy, The Weeknd. If you ever hear this podcast, try to give us another My Dear Melancholy. Just maybe even when you're like 40. I don't know. When you have a divorce. I, I don't want you to have a divorce. But, you know, if it's in your heart to make, don't be afraid to make it just because you're looking for the, the next number one album the album will come the number one will come but the fans will also want this type of music so those are my final thoughts man i don't know like i don't really hate trilogy i do like trilogy um co- like cohesively probably not but as like you know every mixtape i have i favor some over others but i think it's amazing to see how just three mixtapes alone just trajected this dude's career like he skyrocketed from this point on um as a canadian especially you know to see we basically have our own superstar. I mean, we have a lot like Drake, Justin Bieber, Alessia Cara, but there's something special about the weekend that I, I still can't put my finger on. There's just, I don't know what it is. Like if it's his music, if it's his style, the way he carries himself, there's something about it. And I think we wouldn't have this without trilogy, of course. And it also kind of begs the question too, like, cause there are a lot of hardcore fans that are saying, Oh no, the weekend's gone mainstream. We want trilogy back, but you think about it, if he did Trilogy for the rest of his whole career, it would just be stagnant because there'd be no evolution. And um, I think that's why Trilogy is so special because it was like a moment in time where he really just found a unique sound. He found his style and just took off from there. I just I just think it's awesome to see the growth. Like if you're really a weekend fan or an artist, a fan of any artist, like you're going to want to see their growth. Like even if you you don't like all of it, it's still amazing to see. I just, I think it's incredible. Like the ground that he's covered and just how much of the music industry that he has covered with all of his works um, <clears throat> since Trilogy to After Hours. It's just kind of incredible the full scope of what he can do and do at a high level. It's just very impressive. Going off of Mark's point about what is the weekend's it factor is, this is just a thought, definitely push back if you think but do we think it's once he became the weekend the pop weekend do we think it was the similarities that people were drawing to michael jackson when it came to his voice that helped that that trajectory or do we think it was something else especially when i remember when can't feel my face came out a lot of that talk started happening with the casual fans with the pop fans that were hearing him for the first time they're like hey I like that voice. I already like that voice. He has that voice and he's, he's modern. So do we think that might've been the bridge or he was doing something else in addition to that? To me, what about in my experience, as far as fans, people do not like, I don't know if Abel likes or not, but people do not like the comparison uh, between the two, Michael Jackson and him. People are very nostalgic have a very nostalgic taste and they high, they hold that view very high in their minds and in their ear as well. And th- th- people don't like 
people comparing modern artists to the legends of the past just because they think oh, there's no way they can catch them. And you don't really see um, a lot of artists held in the same light um, as like, you know, like Michael Jackson was, could probably drop like 2 million in one concert, like 2 million people show up with one concert if you wanted to. And I don't think people can do that anymore. Not just because of the pandemic, just because like, there's not the artists that are on that level anymore worldwide. There are very few that are. Bad Bunny is going to come up a little bit um, worldwide. Adele's about to drop again. 30s. Look, I've been look. I've been waiting on Adele now. People sleep. We haven't heard from her in a while, but I think people forget. People forget about Adele. She, she, she sold three million one first week last time, so hey, she's uh, ready. Bro, I think she's ready. Poor Adele. Bro. She's been thrashing her voice for her fans. I, my heart was <laughs> look, she's been going through it. Man, she's been going through it. She's been going through it. She had a divorce. Had to give up half her net worth. Come on, man. She was dating Skepta you know, at one point. Like, come on. Skepta. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. warrior. Hey, we wish. I think I would hate to see her go in like a experimental direction for this next album, but that that that's not the point. That's not the point. Um, yeah. yeah. I I think um what what you're saying, Josh, like how people push back against like comparisons to people of the past and all that stuff. I I think that's completely true. Like as soon as you mention it, they're like they don't want to hear it. They just they just they just completely cancel it. They're like I hate the weekend. Whatever. But the funny thing is, every time I've played, um, like, uh, a, a weekend song, like, I just can't feel my face, especially, like, when that song came out and, like, you would hear it on the radio and I played it for, like, like my parents um, or, like, anybody who was, like, older who, like, loved Michael Jackson, who lived when he was huge, like, they were, like, it, the weekend like, filled, like, a void that had been missing. They were, like, holy crap, like, this is amazing. And, but, like... You don't want they don't want to hear the comparisons that he's like oh he's as big as them or he's get he's catching them like they don't want to hear that but like they liked the music like I, he has that like something in his voice is just it fills a void for people that that's been missing like since Michael Jackson died and and now Prince died and like but he wasn't making music like he with a lot of that more of the like the popular sounds like it feel it fills a void for people it's really interesting to see. I, I 100% agree with Holden. I think that's really, yeah, he said it way better than how I was saying it. I think because Michael Jackson was so big, like him not being alive anymore, that is a void that can be, that nobody really expects to be filled. Stylistically, artistically, in the views of the listeners. Um, but the fact that The Weeknd, just because I don't even think he was trying to sound like Michael Jackson. That's just his natural singing voice. I think it's just the perfect marriage of like nostalgia, ambition in a pop, in an artist like The Weeknd and then quality of the music. I think he just had all those three things lined up and timing for him. And he, and he went for it and it worked. Um, I think that that helps. I know, the, that, I know that that might be a controversial thing for people who love The Weeknd for The Weeknd's sake, but I think in terms of understanding how, how does he, the trilogy guy, get this big, that's an element of how he got this big. I don't know how much I, I believe in destiny, but like I really feel like it was his destiny to the next, like that thing. Like it, his, I mean, his voice is just insane. Like I, we've never heard anything like it. I know I haven't, like, it's just impossible. Like I, I wish I could recreate this. I mean, he mixes like pretty much almost all the time. And it's as strong as a chess voice. I mean, just from a technical standpoint of singing, like, it's just insane. Like, I, I don't know how he does it. And when he dies, I, if he could give his body to science, that would be a 
beautiful thing because I think his vocal cords are, I think, probably the best ones that God has ever designed because they're insane. Um, it's definitely fair to like, <laughs> definitely fair to um, acknowledge the past because without guys like Michael Jackson and Prince, there would be no weekend. There would be no ambition to hear um, high pitched voice pop superstars. You you wouldn't see guys like um, the weekend. I don't want to say it, but fucking Jason Derulo. You wouldn't see guys like that dropping <laughs> billions of streams. Like you just wouldn't see without those kind of guys. And I think it's it's people really love to hear the high voices. People love yeah. to hear guys singing. It's crazy. Like it it just has taken over. It's very it's really a, yeah. yeah. It's really a people testament like to those guys. Cardi, Uzi, people like the high voice. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, even in rap, like Playboy Cardi or Uzi, people like that the baby voice. voice. Yeah, the baby voice. Or even, like, if you listen to 90s rap, like, a lot of the deep, like, Tupac, Biggie, but then if you hear, like, a J, but he has, like, a lighter tone to his rap voice, I think some people I was reading, like, credited that to why Jay's got more successful later on. Like, his tone of voice was more appealing because people like that lighter sound. It's easier to listen to, I think. People have always loved, like, a light, floaty male voice, like, beach voice. I mean, still to this day, I will listen to the Beach Boys. And I I wish I could have seen the Beach Boys in the freaking 50s and 60s. And like, people to this day still listen to it. And like, it's the same thing. Like, even like, I do musical theater, like in show tunes, like everyone wants to hear the high tenor belt, this crazy high note at the end. It's just, people love to hear men sing really high. I mean, it's just, I mean, guess it's beautiful. I mean, it, it is. All right, I think I think that power wraps it up. That's a lot of good conversation there, guys. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that was that was, a lot came from just a trilogy out of that, but that's completely fine. Um, shout out to the weekend, I guess. Um, shout out to you guys. Also, shout out to Nick Oakley. Um, they created our um, intro music for us. Yeah, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, even though I don't tweet a lot, and most importantly, our website modernmusicanalysis.com uh that has everything for free on there actually so if you ever want to read anything um that you can't find on the medium publication that's all free on there yeah and that's been the modern music analysis podcast thanks for listening